podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. CS3P Combat. Player one, choose your character. Tired of film and television podcasts where the hosts exist in a blissful state of agreement? Player two, choose your character. While you're in luck. Punter. Round one, fight. Allow me to introduce you to the Chinstroker vs. Punter podcast, featuring two film and television fans from Birmingham, England, who enjoy their media in very different ways. <laughs> but anyway, that brings us to the end of the plot of Blue Velvet. The plot. I mean, the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. So join us as we catch up on what we've been watching from our own very different perspectives. Double KO. Round two. Fight. You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. Also on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, all the places that podcasts can be found. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. no just, just getting confirmation. It's just in That's the third time, though. I mean, am I, is this on? Hi, I'm Lauren, and he's Jordan, and welcome to the His Film, Her Movie podcast. looking at Pi and I kind of just want to be her right now. If we weren't doing this, I would be her. I would be asleep. She's just dead to the world. Oh, looks like freaking heaven. <laughs> As we record and this on a, a just after two on a Sunday afternoon, yeah. I want to have another nap too. I'm so tired. Well, I think that's a plan for after this. Ugh, na na So yeah, this is the His Film, Her Movie podcast. I'm Jordan. I'm Lauren. And we are a movie podcast that we normally take a subject, both pick a film on that subject and discuss it, but this week's a little bit different because what are we doing? Sorry, I'm going to stop yawning. <laughs> <laughs> this week, every fifth episode, we do... A history maker. Yes. So this month we are doing, um, because it's the, you know, you explained it, is it the anniversary of this? Yeah. Or the start of this? So we're, it's the anniversary of the trials at Nuremberg. Yeah. So in 1947, the trials in Nuremberg started, it would have been what, Friday just gone? Yeah. So we thought we'd take that opportunity to pick the aptly named film Judgment at Nuremberg, which is all about the Nuremberg trials. The defendants served as judges during the period of the Third Reich. Therefore, you, your honours, as judges on the bench, will be sitting in judgment of judges in the dock. And this is as it should be. For only a judge knows how much more a court is than a courtroom. It is a process and a spirit. It is the house of law. Nicely condensed into three hours. Yes. For condensed to three hours is condensed one thing. Condensed to three hours. Yeah. So it's a 1961 movie by Stanley Kramer, mm-hmm. who I mean, made a couple of really, really good 
courtroom dramas. This followed Inherit the Wind, which is a which is a really 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 good movie. Um, so yeah, it's a nineteen sixty one movie which takes place. It's a it's a fictional story, as in the people involved, but it gives you an idea of the the arguments that were going on yeah. at the time. And we have Spencer Tracy as our lead, who is a a judge sent over to Nuremberg, well, part of the, the sort of three judges to give their say and to hear the arguments of the doctors in this case. They weren't doctors. Sorry, no, they weren't. They were judges. They were judges. Of the judges of um, the Nazi occupation and the Nazi, the third reich in nazi a way regime. nazi regime i like the word regime <laughs> so yeah what we have we have a we have a german lawyer who is arguing the defense and yeah. we have an american lawyer who's arguing the um prosecution mm-hmm. and other than that i mean we'd it's a very, very standard sort of structure, really. You get people coming on the stand, they get questioned, they mm-hmm. come off. And as I'm talking about it, it it could sound very, very boring. Yeah. But... It actually wasn't. Yeah. It was actually really, really good. We had to watch it over two nights. We did. So we had two nights of a really nice, light, easy watching film. Yeah, well, yeah, this isn't a comedy for those out there. This really isn't a comedy. And it's one of those where, yeah, it's three hours and eight minutes long. It's a long old movie. Really happy that you cut out the entirety of the four minute intro. I did. Of just music. Because I, I, yeah. I don't think, I think I would have fallen asleep before I even started if we'd watched that. See, I do love a movie with an overture, but I think, yeah, four minutes of just music, you would have just switched off and I would have looked behind myself and you would have been asleep. Yeah, because when we were, oh, like we saw it like the last like 30 seconds of it and they had the, the Reichstag. Yes. Do they show anything else? Or is it just that building? It, but it, to be honest, it's just over black. Okay, yeah, I would have been fully asleep. <laughs> yeah, it just says all the At least if you're showing me buildings, I'm like, ooh, what's that? Black screen and overture? Nah. Sleep. <laughs> uh, sleep. But yeah, I mean, I was actually quite... I thought it was a good movie to pick <laughs> for, for, for the history makers, but mm-hmm. I was kind of a bit iffy of showing you because it is three hours of people talking and that is all it is. It's it's dense and it's parts of it are really quite un, unsettling and depressing. So but you say that, but like you made me watch like what two hours of that guy having a mental breakdown over his mother and pretending to be what's his what's Richard his Nixon. Richard Nixon. That was boring. <laughs> that was awful. Okay, two hour monologue. Yeah, and a mental breakdown of a man. Not great. This yes, a lot of talking but there's a lot of there was a lot of nuances with it there was a little bit of romance but not like not like a real romance yeah just yeah. a hint just like a dash a smidgen <laughs> tiny little piece <laughs> um but not enough to actually ups- do anything to the main story mm. um the main story itself is very emotional it asks it makes you question a lot of things yes um so it isn't just three hours of talking I thought it was very interesting. 
and that's I, I believe where the the strength of the film lies. It's as a whole, it is a moral quandary, and that's where it's there to argue. It's to argue where does responsibility lie when something like this happens? Because <coughs> yeah. you've got uh, there was a writer for the New Yorker in the I think it was the sixties, um, called Hannah Arendt, and it was all to do with the capture of Adolf Eichmann. Mm-hmm. And she was she was writing her articles at the time, and she came up with the term of the banality of evil, of does a, a Nazi soldier who's doing what he's told with his actions uh, or their actions, does the responsibility lie with them, even though if they don't do it, they will probably be get killed? Yeah. And with these guys, um, these four judges who are being judged, um, I'm saying judge quite a lot. <laughs> uh, it's Sentenced. Yes. Sentence. There we are. So much better English than me. Go but uh, I love you now. <laughs> it's should they get sentenced for upholding <clears throat> the law which was giving to them? Yeah. Or should they have seen the human side and been able to fight against that? Yeah, it's it's very difficult. I think it's interesting when you bring up the idea of soldiers because there has been things in the news of soldiers going um, to fight abroad and then them being um, prosecuted when mm. they came back. And I think it's a very it's a very difficult subject. There's one following orders, and you go in to be a soldier and also to to be a judge to follow the law to follow the orders. Yes. But then there's another side of it where, I don't know, I want to say like getting too into it, enjoying it. I understand that like, especially soldiers are probably going to have like a, a thing where they can switch off the emotional side of them. But there is a switch where you switch off the emotional side and you get the job done and you do what is asked of you. And, you know, sad, sadly part of what is that you have to go out and you have to, kill people and you are fighting for your life so the soldier will go out fight for his life and if he wins and sadly that means that he has killed somebody and he's switched off that part of the brain or will receive some sort of help Mm. to cope with that but it's then to me it would then be a case of similar to the judge if you go out and you fight but then you fight you you kill innocent people yeah um, people who are maybe just, just desperately trying to get away, but you purposefully kill them. There's not just by an accident. Or you kill somebody in a in an extremely brutal way Yeah. to maybe get some sort of enjoyment or some sort of, not enjoyment, but maybe just feeling. It's when you don't follow the rules of engagement. Yes. And you go out. And I think yeah. it's the same with the judges. Sometimes, some, some, there's some other cases that we heard for there, some of the judges were, we followed the letter to the law, we did this, we did this, and we passed a sentence. The law said the, the sentence was to pass at that time. Yeah. And you think, right, that that's awful. It's an awful law. It's very, very hard to do that, especially when you obviously care for your common man and you've gone into being a judge to uphold the law and look after your common man. But it's then when you hear, like, the judges were like, oh... Talk like talking to you about. I'll come into my office and we'll mm. discuss this and we'll do this and just relishing the power that they had. Yeah. Um, 
that's when you think, okay, now you are way too into this. It's not just a case of I was following the law. I had to pass what I had to pass. I tried to help where I could. Because you did hear about the one guy who managed to go get pardons or ship people out. And he's like, okay, yeah, he sadly has to follow on some, but on others he's trying to save. He yeah. is trying underhandedly to save people. But then there's others who just kind of took a bit of pleasure out of the power that they wielded. Yeah. They, they, they sort of showed the um, the different aspects of the judges because there was one there who was very much part of the Third Reich, believed in its mm-hmm. core values. There's another one which was a little bit more innocent. Um, and then you had Ernst Janning, who was the leader. He was the sort of the, the director of justice, if you will. So he oversaw all the judges. And mm-hmm. you can, through his character, you've seen that he hated what he was doing um, but either through cowardice or through loyalty to the country, he mm-hmm. stayed in his position. Mm-hmm. And that, again, in itself is very, very interesting. And you've got Burt Lancaster in that portrayal of Ernst Janning. And he, when he came on screen, I went back to you and was like, now my favourite actor ever has came on screen. Mm-hmm. And Burt Lancaster really, really is... And in this movie, he has very little to say, but it's his expression throughout the entire thing. He's just like a broken man. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing. It's just, it's just a blank sort of... He knows he's done wrong, and he kind mm-hmm. of wants to be punished for it. Yeah, because he stood up mm. and sort of said, I did what I had to do yeah. for my country. And it... There's parts of it that he says were, were very true. I thought it was very interesting when he said, Hitler said, look, we had to do this, but we believed it was just be for a short time. Yes. And then they did get results because when Hitler came into power, there was more jobs. A lot of other countries did start taking Germany seriously again yeah. and giving them support. And the economy in Germany did massively turn around. But then they had the judges saying, so we thought we'd get the economy turned around, some people maybe lose some stuff for a bit, but once everything was back and we were powerful again, everything would go back to normal. Yeah. And I thought that was a very interesting way of say of, of saying it, because I thought, I don't want to say it's relatable, no, but it's, it's more understandable. The general person thinking, right, we've been told by higher up, these people will lose this, but all this will happen. Yeah. So then you kind of, then you can see their thinking and then they realise that, I think he said something like that the the nightmare that they thought was fleeting was actually a way of life. Yeah. It kind of came in and thought, okay, right, a couple of people are going to be affected. But what is it? You sacrifice the one for the greater good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it ends up the greater good is being sacrificed for the one. Yeah, well, I think... Later on in the film, he he testifies and he talks about, um, we thought it was just hundreds, not millions, but Mm -hmm. what's the difference? Yeah. Because people, human beings, are dying. Um, And I'm not sure if I would say it relatable, what it does is really well is it puts you in that situation. (laughs) That's it, that's what I mean, yeah. You you know what I mean? So, for example, it makes you think, okay, if I was in that position, what would I do? (coughs) Would I have the the strength the personal strength to say no mm-hmm. and and then 
basically sign my own death certificate. And then or somebody what, else is going to come along and do it, and that's and what he it. said. Yeah, it's, it's it is it's it's a very very interesting thought, but I love the way it works with the um two with the two lawyers because you've got um Maximilian Schell who is the the German lawyer in the movie and I mean he went off he went on to win the best actor Oscar that year he was and really he was good. and he just carries on being good throughout his his entire career but he always argues for the logic of yes this was in place they did this because that was the process mm-hmm. and you can't be you cannot be sentenced for upholding the law which was given to you mm-hmm. and then you've got Richard Widmark as the American I don't like him and I, I think that's a really I think they did that on purpose because people would obviously I think go towards the American the ally yeah um, but the way he portrays it is very he has that it's John his, Wayne drawled about him so he is like all American it's his vendetta yeah as soon as he walks into that courtroom he's like they're guilty no matter what Mm. They're all guilty. And I thought it was very interesting about how um, the German lawyer said, um, not all Germans are on trial here, but you are putting all of Germany yeah. on trial. Absolutely. And that kind of felt it with that guy. I, th- I feel like he, if the American could have literally put everybody in Germany on trial, he would. And that's it. And it, 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 I, I completely agree with that. But it's also when you've got in between the the courtroom scenes, you've got um, Spencer Tracy out and about. Uh, everybody says we have no idea this was happening. We had no idea mm-hmm. it was happening, and then he starts thinking, "Well, s- somebody must have." Yeah. Because it, everybody can't be that that ignorant to what's happening, or it's it's. Do they not want to believe it? So they thought they just had their blinkers on. And I think that's more of it. It's sort of like if I don't look at it. It's not, it's not happening. Real. Yeah. It's like one of the other judges when they're sitting in the canteen having lunch after they've like seen that awful video, which mm. is from, actually, is it from Belson? I think it's from um, Dachau. Dachau. So it's actually like the liberation of Dachau. Yeah. But it's not in any kind of way. No, I mean... It's, it's uh, absolutely horrific. And that's it. I mean, those images, I think that they're probably taking... It's, it's a, there's a... Rainier movie called Night and Fog, and it was all about the the, the occupation and the the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and those images. It it's a gut punch. I mean, maybe about what halfway through the movie, maybe yeah. maybe a little bit further on, but it's sort of like, it, <clears throat> and it's the way um, Maximilian Shell argues is. It's like this should never have happened. You cannot forgive this, but. It is manipulative as well. It's it horrible is. to watch, but in that situation, it's very yeah. much because you, you cannot have, you cannot not have an emotional reaction to that mm-hmm. movie because it's it's just bodies as as, as meat. It, when, when you see the bulldozers, just oh, sort of that that was awful. The bulldozers yeah. of just dead people. Yeah, and it was awful. Yeah, and saying that they had to do it because. For sanitary reasons, there was no way of being able to sadly mm. bury these people with any kind of real dignity. Mm. Absolutely, and yeah, it's it's see, it is a very serious movie, but it's still entertaining. And I think a film like this also 
plays with the risk of being a history lesson. Yeah, I think it is. I think it is. And that could they then get very dense and very boring, but I think it always navigates through that. Mm-hmm. It, it never becomes like you sit in a classroom. Although I think a film like this, because I remember at school we watched Schindler's List and we watched Saving Private Ryan and things like that. Yeah, we watched Schindler's List. And a film like this not only tells you about the past, but it tells you about... Because you, you learn about World War Two, and you obviously think, at the first it's like, Germans, I don't like them. Yeah. Which is not the right way to think. I've been in yeah. Germany. They are the loveliest people. Yeah, I, we had German exchange and she was wonderful. Everybody who came over was just absolutely lovely. And then we got to visit and it's an absolutely beautiful country. Mm, it is. So lovely. And everybody was so nice. And we've talked about this several times. We want to go together and we yeah. want to be able to explore it more. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, it's so it's... It's not only really teachers about the time, but teachers about morals mm-hmm. and about how there's always grey areas. <clears throat> I think it's yeah, it's very hard because I believe um, from what what I can remember of history, um, the time that Hitler came to power, and that, um, Germany was going through a very very difficult time after the First World War. Yeah. So he was, and it's sad to say he was like a beacon of hope when he first came to power. Oh, to Germans, yeah, definitely. And he, yeah, he helped get them back on track and and he was an amazing... Speaker. Speaker, public speaker. And everybody said he was an amazing public speaker. Yeah. And one of the scariest things I find is um, when you, have you seen like the home videos and everything of him? And then you suddenly realise, like, him with his dog and yeah, yeah, yeah. everything. Like, he was, a, he was like, just a, a person. He was a person with... A person with and I, th- I think that's yeah. it. I think, especially, like, when you look at things like these, these men w- were just men. They were men in power, but they're just men. They're not... Gods. D- devils. They're not yeah. evil. They were following the law at the time. Some of them have been completely corrupted by the regime that was in place. But then you get the feeling like, well, if the normal regime was in place, probably still be arseholes anyways then. Hmm. Absolutely. Actually, can I ask you one thing? At the, at the beginning of the film, when we start with the courtroom, mm-hmm. I wonder if in your head, because there is a technique that they use where at the beginning... Was it a filming technique? No. Oh, because I wrote something down All right. and I was really proud about myself. Oh, well, it might be the same thing, but it's... You start the film because obviously you, you tra- you're dealing with two languages. Yeah. And the way they speak is uh, an English language speaker would speak. That would go through an interpreter. Mm-hmm. Then the German person would speak. That would go through an interpreter. And did you think I was going to carry on for the entire movie? Or you were like, what's he got me to watch? Um, I kind of think it did. Then I was like, but then it kind of puts me in the setting. Mm. And then it took me a couple of seconds to realise when they stopped doing that. It's like, okay, no, he's not actually speaking English in like, in commas, quotation marks. He's actually speaking German, but we're just hearing it as English. Yes. But um, yeah, I did kind of think it was going to go a little bit like that. Um, but then you're thinking, yeah, but then it's in the courtroom, there's going to be some sort of impassioned speeches and all this. And, and, that's, uh, I, and the way that the switch, I like the way the switch because it's halfway through a speech and the camera is. is way out and it zooms right in and then you realise, oh, it's switched to English. Yeah, that was it. 
Um, I really liked the um, the sweeping camera like, mm-hmm. around the pro- prosecution. Yeah. I thought that was really good because it's in like all eyes are like in the courtroom, like drawn to him and like you go around. Yeah. And I really liked that. I thought that was really good. Mm. And I mean, this, a film like this, again, it is mostly talking. It's sort of like a, an actor's showcase. Mm-hmm. You've got Spencer Tracy, who is great. You've got Burt Lancaster. You've got Mashm- um, Maximilian Shell, and then you've got the the people who come onto the stand, mm-hmm. and one of those people is Montgomery Clift. And as I said to you after 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 we watched it, he's on screen for ten minutes, and um, he gives a performance that people who act for 40, 50 years would struggle to actually have. Um, it is awkwardness in it. Um, I'm trying to think of what his name is actually. Um, bear with me just two seconds. He plays Rudolf Peterson. That's it. The victim of the sterilization. Yes. Um, and the way they get around um, that and how, yes, sterilization is horrific, but the, the way Maximilian Schell's character plays up his learning difficulties. Oh, Herr Hunter Field. Yes. It's yes. it's brutal, but yeah, Montgomery Clift in that role. And the way, again, because he is on screen pretty much constantly for about 10 minutes and he starts quite normal. Yeah. And he, he just goes... So he, st- he starts quite quiet, maybe a little bit reserved, think, or maybe he's a little bit shy, yeah. a little bit nervous. And then it's like halfway through, like... This, He's, he's just he sort of like shifts in his seat and he's like he's not it's like a little it's like a crack yeah and then the crack is quite, bigger right and bigger and bigger and then tsunami yeah dam explodes of and then him. and then you've got judy garland yes who is Before just wonderful diet bills yes who is just wonderful in the role and again she doesn't want to do what she's <laughs> doing but the way they get pushed mm-hmm. into argue, arguing the moral side of it, where the moral side of it isn't part on on trial, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Because people know that what people did is wrong, mm-hmm. but the argument on trial isn't that. No, no, not at all. I actually really liked her character. I like the Judy Garland character. I thought that yeah. she was really good. I thought she was very convincing. Um, actually, her accent was actually very, very good. Her accent was spot on. She looked amazing. Um, it, it's before um, the Wizard of Oz, so because like I read up on it's before Wizard of Oz. No. Is it after the Wizard of Oz? She's really old in this. Oh. Wizard of Oz was forty something. Okay. This is sixty one, so she would have been in her forties. Oh, okay. I can't remember just because all I remember is. When she went for the Wizard of Oz, they said that she was too heavy. So they make her take like loads of drugs and caffeine and smoke and everything. And because I'm really bad with timelines, I was like, is this heavy before that? Like when she was healthy? Well, this is, I think, the Judy Garland that was on the down sort of slide of her career. Right. Um, so this is coming, not to the end of it, but again, given the fact that it's black and white, maybe things to that because there's no reason for this film to be black and white because it's 1961 yeah, that's what I was thinking but I think it was a stylistic choice 
Yeah. I think, but I think it works well because it gives a film's style can give itself its gravitas and i think mm-hmm. give, given the black and white and the, how they use their shadow and stuff like that um it works well for the movie it does i thought it was one done when we first watched it i thought it was done much closer to when the new trials started yeah i thought it was really good and the settings like not obviously courtroom settings but the settings out and around nuremberg yes um, like the bombings and everything, it looked awful. Oh yeah, which is exactly what you want it to look like. Mm. You want it to look like you're there. Yeah, and they, I, th- I feel like they did it very, very well. And uh, yeah, I completely agree. Um, I mean, they're probably still rebuilding parts of it at that time. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's yeah, maybe maybe twenty what. 15 years after the war but <laughs> you don't build infrastructure that quickly anymore no, especially, especially at that time especially when you've got the debt and mm. the the death and everything else absolutely and an occupation mm. and then then it's discussing the time when the when west germany yes was separated because then it starts going on about the, about the berlin wall yeah. and everything as well so that was really interesting I think that was brought into the movie. They changed the sort of the timeline a little bit just to bring that in and say how um, this, to bring their allies in. So therefore, they started giving the judges lesser sentences mm-hmm. because they wanted the help. Yeah. But I also like how acting styles change throughout the years mm-hmm. because. The performances in this wouldn't suit a film now. However, I can't pick one that's better than the other because I mean this is so very over dramatic. When when people do go off on one, like when Burt Lancaster gives his speech on Mon- Montgomery Clift, um, it would look so out of place in a modern movie. But I kind of kind prefer of I prefer this style of acting. It I think it's so much more emotion. Yeah. And this is even after, like, Montgomery Cliff comes out of the same era uh, as Brando. So, I mean, Brando changed acting Mm -hmm. and then how it's evolved over throughout the years. Uh, But, yeah, I kind of prefer this. I don't know what to say, what kind of style it is. But, yeah, it's it's different. But I think it's a hell of a lot more watchable. Um, Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it's, I don't know. I really liked it. I I liked the style. I feel that because it was shot in black and white, they could also get away with the overacting. Yes. Because you tend to find in black and white films, that was the style. Um, So I think if they'd done it in colour, it would be too much. Mm. Um, We didn't didn't discuss a a great person who's in it. (laughs) I think I know who you're going to say. William Shatner. He is. He was in it. Like, he's really subdued. He really is. joke about how people go to the William Shatner school of overacting. Yeah. And he is professional and serious. And you were like, oh yeah, he's a really classically trained actor and you can really see it in this role. And then he discovers Star Trek and goes... 
Over what, the top. What I love, he, he must have maybe what maybe fifteen lines <laughs> in the movie, but I think f- at least half of them are him reading the rights of the people. Yes. It's like, <laughs> so especially the truth, the real truth, nothing but the truth. It's like yeah, half of his actual oh, performance is that. Judges in and saying, "May God look over this." And yeah. America and all that's pretty much all that he does, and yeah, that's it. But I still liked him. Good. So you liked it on a whole? I liked it. Oh, and we also haven't dis- discussed Marlene Dietrich. Marlene Dietrich, yes, who plays a... Nazi wife. A Nazi wife uh, who claims that her husband hated the regime and everything mm-hmm. like that, which we don't know. Any- and she, her husband had been uh, put to death shortly before that. A political execution, yeah, she a, calls it. a political execution. And Spencer Tracy's um, relationship with her mm-hmm. and trying to understand... Again, it is. It's, it's trying to understand what happens, but and this film actually, I was going to mention this was quite controversial at the time, just because it's a film about German guilt mm-hmm. produced by an American. Okay, yeah, I can kind of. You know what I mean? Way, yeah. So it's it's sort of like should you have left German cinema to try and do that? Um, but that, I don't. I don't really think that that spoils the film in any way. No, I don't think so. I think he's very. Um, respectful of the German people because yeah. uh, they go out and um, Ryan Dietrich and Spencer Tracy are on like a little date and he's mm. walking her home and you hear everybody singing from the bar yeah. and she says about how the German people always sing it's to lift our spirits it's to get us through hard times yeah. and she sings along and she's like this is part of our heritage um, you know, and, and she's like saying, you know, we didn't know what was happening um, and everything. But, you know, we, we are very aware of it now. And you, I feel like she, I don't know, it's, it's very hard to sort of read her because she still has like her husband's portrait on the wall. Mm. But he's still in full Nazi, Nazi regalia. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, people knew. Yeah. People high up knew. He was high up. Yes. Um, I was going to say earlier, when the judges are talking to people, when they're having their lunch or whatever it is, uh, one of them turns around and says to somebody who was one of the camp guards, and is like, um, we didn't really kill that many people. They're in complete denial. And the guard's like, well, no, you can do this many people gassing. Um, you do it like four times an hour. There's like a hundred thousand people, yeah. and then you switch on the ovens and you just get rid of them. Done. Yeah, and it says that you said the hard part is actually getting rid of the bodies. Yeah, because it's not they the killing. take so long to sort of burn. Yeah, which is awful. And he says it very matter-of-factly, very much like you get this many people in, you do it this many hours, you tell them that they're going for a shower or a bath, get them to strip off. It's all very calm. It only takes a couple of minutes, and then we just shift them out. That's it. And he goes. Yeah, we we I could see us doing that many people. And you just think that is awful. You are talking about somebody's life that you're just like, yeah, well, we could take thousands of them. Yeah. In an in an hour. And it's just like that's horrific. It is. And I think to be honest, is there anything else that we need to discuss on it? No. No. But no, I think if you haven't watched it, I'll really, really try and hunt it out. Yes. It, it's it's worth the watching. It is a really interesting movie. Um, 
And before we actually finish, yes. we've got a bit, we normally do housekeeping at the beginning. Yes. <laughs> but we'll do housekeeping at the end. Housekeeping. Because there will be something a little bit different with the start of our podcast this this time. Yes. And there will Hopefully be a... Hopefully you liked it. Yes. There will be a sting for something called Pod Syndicate, which is we what we are, are part of. Pod Syndicate. Yes. Is good? So we are, we've joined um, with a few other people, I mean friends, a couple of them I used to do a podcast with called 35mm Heroes, <laughs> others are friends from, from other ventures, uh, but yeah, we've joined forces um, and you can go to the website at wearepodsyndicate.com and, yeah. and view the articles or other podcasts, there is, there's Film Bastards, there's Chinstroker Chinstro vs. Punter, there's Entertainment Landfill, there's Beyond the Neon, there's What's on Tap, um, and other and written others. things, yeah, and others. Yes, and we're going to be doing not just films, it's going to be music, pop culture. Absolutely. Anything, So really. yeah, so go along to wearepodsyndicate.com and go check the other shows as well, um, they are all... They're all great people and they deliver great they shows. Are so much fun. Yes. Some of them shouldn't mix beer and cocktails. <laughs> but they're still really good fun. Yes. And I think you'd really enjoy listening to some of their other podcasts. Maybe expand a little bit more. Yeah, absolutely. This time two years ago I didn't listen to any podcasts at all. Yeah. Nothing. And now I listen to loads. <laughs> the influence of me. Oh, you're such a bad influence. <laughs> we but also I, need to talk about what we're doing, our new schedule. Yes. So new schedule. We do have a new schedule. We we, we originally um, published episodes on Thursdays, then we moved to Fridays. And through uh, executive decision, I think we were going to move Sorry. to Mondays. Me, yeah, me. We're going to move to Mondays. <laughs> but we kind of realised that if we move it to Mondays, it's freeing up our weeknights because we were literally watching films recording then Jordan was sitting away yeah and doing everything else because I, I just can't do it <laughs> I, I, you wouldn't have anything you'd maybe have like a stick drawing on Instagram and a few memes and that would be it <laughs> but it just means that it kind of frees up our time to actually do it better yes do it properly actually spend time together which is quite nice because he's going to do it when i'm asleep yes well edit when i'm asleep which is the best time because <laughs> then usually the cat's with me so he's not getting bothered <laughs> by anybody um so yeah monday's gonna be our new go live day yes and next week yes next week we are doing weddings we are so we're doing films that have weddings or are wedding related because... Because we're getting married on Friday. We get married on Friday. I'm so excited. <laughs> Our house is full of boxes and confetti. <clears throat> and it's so much. It's madness. It's absolute madness. <laughs> and I'm going to be so happy on Thursday when we can go empty everything <laughs> and get it all set up and then I can have our house back and I can be, I won't even be in the house, I've got to go to my mum's, um, but I can come back on the Saturday yeah. and be like, house! So the next time you hear an episode from us, we will be married. Yes, we will, we will be married. I'll post a nice picture Yes. of us. Good Actually, idea. no, maybe just the cake. The cake's probably going to be all the best thing. <laughs> the cake and the food. Yeah. I'll post pictures of cake and food. Everybody likes cake and food. So, um, 
everybody should have a drink on Friday night. Please do. And celebrate. Yes, I think that's another episode. That is us done. Yes, so... In the bag. As I said, go over to We Are Pod Syndicate and check those shows out. Check out the articles and the reviews and everything like that. And we will be back next week.